Hey, and welcome to episode four of the Bods podcast. We have another special edition today. Uh, instead of having a guest this time, we are going to be talking about the only hockey that seems to be on the horizon, and that is the 2020-21 World Junior Hockey Championships. We're going to be teeing up the upcoming tournament. Uh, we'll start off, you know, touching a little bit on some of the Leafs players that are going to be playing in the tournament, uh, a little bit uh, on each country, uh, and then obviously the focus is going to be on Canada. Uh, so, Kian, uh, what are you looking forward to in this uh, upcoming tournament? Uh, I'm just looking forward to hockey. I'm looking forward to, you know, just seeing, you know, hockey being played. <laughs> Aren't we all? We're all just desperate at this point for hockey. I just want it. I just want. I just want something. I'm tired. I'm tired of football. I'm tired of baseball. Well, baseball is now, but like, I don't want to just look and see golf and football. Like, come on. Actually, even golf's over now. So it's literally just football right now, and I'm uh, I'm struggling on the sports side. Yeah, and how could you not be? It's it's rough being a hockey fan right now uh, with all the uncertainty going on in the world. We don't really know when we're going to see the next NHL game, but at least we know that we're going to see a hockey game soon and we're going to have a team to cheer for. So that's fantastic. Obviously, go Canada, go. It's so convenient that they already had a bubble set up in Edmonton from the NHL, so it just made so much sense to just do the World Juniors in the bubble. Uh, and we're getting bubble hockey part two with the with the kids this time. <laughs> it's the junior edition. Exactly. The junior edition of it's junior bubble hockey. But it, it should be uh, a lot of fun. I mean, the world juniors are always fun. I've, I've always loved watching them and they're always on Boxing Day. Right. So, you know, the day after Christmas, after you settle down with, with the family, everybody's in the holidays. And usually, if you're not shopping, you're watching the World Juniors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least in Canada. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really curious to see how they cope to the no fans, especially those who have played in the tournament before. You know, the World Juniors is, is just iconic as far as the vibe you get, especially when the big countries play. Obviously, when the, like two like countries that aren't that big a deal play, that like the, the you know it's not that big a deal. But uh, when it's like a Canada, US, or Canada, Russia, or a Sweden, Finland game, like those buildings are rocking and like and they build off of that i know the canadian players 100 percent do because canadians travel extremely well when it comes to the world juniors historically so i'm really curious to see how they adapt to playing in that kind of no fan environment and whether it gives those kind of lower level teams maybe a bit of an edge yeah and the other thing is this is the first world juniors where we really don't know anything about most of the players coming onto the roster mainly because normally at this point they would be halfway through their junior seasons and right now nobody's even played so we have no body of work to judge these players off really i mean we got a few we got some like obviously you have your nhl players that are going to go back yeah and, that... I, and i know i i'm still curious to see whether the other other players get permission while these kind of selection campaigns are happen happening because obviously in Canada you got you know the Kirby Docs and Dylan Cousins of the world, but you know, there's there's definitely I, other options. <laughs> I want to see Alexi Lafreniere back. <laughs> oh, that kid is a stud. It would be amazing. And here's the thing: it's like why not? I mean the the tournament will be over by like January fifth. It's starting to look like the NHL is not going to be ready for January first. So why wouldn't it be after the World Juniors? I mean, if anything, have to start their training camp like in two weeks. Yeah, and that doesn't 
I haven't heard anything about that happening. So who knows with the NHL? So why not let the NHL eligible players play in this tournament if they can or if they want to, quite frankly? Because it's just extra skating for them. It's extra training. Let them build their confidence in a tournament with a bunch of juniors. Well, I think it's also just the fact that like a lot of these players probably haven't played hockey since the lockdown. Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> most of them because they're junior players whose yeah. leagues didn't come back. Right? Yeah, so like, I mean, like, wouldn't you want to get your feet under you and like game atmosphere, like high intensity game atmosphere yeah. before getting into the show? Yeah, <laughs> where where there are players who did play during the pandemic. Or, yeah, right? like is it, like you have like the likes of the people players who are playing in the KHL right now or playing in Europe, like. Those guys are all getting in work, like you yeah. know, like so. Even Joe Thornton, or even some of the Leaf prospects, because I know um, Korshkov is over there running, running well, and 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 Lenton was doing over there as well. So now those junior players are at a bit of a disadvantage of not oh, taking advantage. Huge of. disadvantage. There's not much they can really do. Uh, they're they're just kind of stuck. I, I mean, they are at such a disadvantage because they just don't have the same resources that NHL players do, uh, and a lot of that is just you're not pro yet. Sorry, <laughs> you got you go pro, you get the benefits of going pro. Until then, sorry, you're shit out of luck. So, like you said, they haven't really been playing since March, and they don't have the same facilities, per se, as uh, an NHL team would. Uh, but now at least they get access to Team Canada ones, and I'm sure they would be able to use their junior facilities, but obviously it's not state-of-the-art. Well, I mean, that's why I like, and I look at the Leafs, Leafs players eligible to play in the World Juniors. I, it gets me excited that you know, the Leafs are doing that. They're sending all the guys that are eligible to yeah. go play because they can like, yeah, like sees like this is a valuable experience for them. Is you know you get the likes on. Is it Amirov the? Yeah, so like Russia, you got uh, Mikhail Abramov, Rodion Amirov, Arthur Aktiemov, Dmitry Ovechkinov. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's an Ovechkinov. Yeah, it's like oh, that is hilarious. I, I could be saying it wrong, but it's Ovchinov, maybe. Yeah, okay. It would have been so funny if it's there like was o, an Ovechkinov. Yeah, Ovechkinov is probably player. more right. Um, but then, like in Finland, you got Miko Kakinen, Roni Hiravainen, uh, Topi Nimela, Viti Mietnin, and then Kali Lopinen. Oh my God, these names are difficult. Yeah, you're, uh, you're killing like, it though. Then in the U.S., you got Nick Robertson, <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Kosker, John Fusco, Joe Miller, and Wyatt. Uh, Starting the wow, that's a weird name. And then in Canada, you got William Villanueva and Ryan uh, Tverberg. So I mean, lots of prospects there that are you know competing on multiple uh, multiple teams. And I'm really curious to see who shines there. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, you do have the odd player coming back, and you know, coming off of last year's World Juniors that were just great. You know, Lafreniere just you know fighting through injury, coming back to play, and they end up winning it all. It's the dream. <laughs> I, I just it's like and I gotta give props to TSN because they literally grew it to be the dream that it is today like when we were when we were really young, oh yeah the world ju- juniors yeah. were nothing yeah like it was in the 90s it was not a big deal and like the TSN really helped build it up to be a big deal and gave a spotlight to those underage kids because if you think about it some of the players that make it to the world junior team are studs yeah but like, some of them are like that's the peak of their career like yeah. they never make it beyond that. That is that is the best. That is the story they tell the rest of their lives. They're, well, look have... at look at Nick Patan. <laughs> <laughs> look at Justin Pogi. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> at least like, Nick Patan's still like, kicking around. <laughs> like Justin Pogi literally like the his World Junior experience was the peak. He played in the NHL and the World Junior experience was still the peak of his career. His career. So I think I got to give a lot of props to TSN for giving a platform to give a showcase to some of those stories. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And there's there's just so many good ones. Oh yeah. 
the boys. The boys have really, you know, they've really made something of the World Juniors in Canada, especially. Mm-hmm. And even when it's uh, when it's overseas, you can even see that it, like they give a fuck about it. It's very well attended, especially yeah. when you have you know like in Finland and Sweden. And oh yeah, it's a huge deal oh, yeah. there. And like you can see, like they they like really really give a shit. Yeah, because it means so much to them. It means everything to them. Mm. Like, although they they. They still care about the world championship more than we do. Well, yeah, because we are expected to win it every year. (laughs) (laughs) And we fucking should. (laughs) Yeah, we should win every hockey tournament of all time. Yeah, like we are Canada. (laughs) Hockey's kind of our thing. Man, why do you think I'm so excited to see like a 2020, what is it, 2024? Oh, man, I just want to see Crosby and McDavid and McKinnon. Imagine that as a line. Oh, my God. And that doesn't even like, count all the ridiculous wingers you'd be adding to that. Or yeah. even have a Lafreniere maybe playing on your fourth line. <laughs> Throw Mitchie Marner into that equation. <laughs> Throw Morgan Riley on the back end. Oh, man. It's it's going to be like there's going to be some amazing. Because even thinking about the American team. American you got all the Chucks. You got, you got Matthews, Matthews and Eichel and, and, like that, and Nick Robertson. And like they, they got. And obviously, you still got Patty Kane. And, yeah. And like, so, like, they're, that team is not going away either. It's it's going to be so good to see NHL players back in the Olympics. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for it. It's It sucked. It sucked so hard not having them. It was, like... It was hard not giving a fuck about the Olympics. Right? It was, like, the, and I tried to give a fuck. I really did. And it was just so bad. Like, the hockey we're used to out of the Olympics is, like, the best of the best. This looked like the fucking great value brand of <laughs> it looked like a division men's league you know what i mean like the guys that like played at a high level but they couldn't really make it anywhere or they're retired <laughs> yeah a <laughs> division men's league because <laughs> that thing like it was no nhlers no nhlers yeah, was, like uh, you had enough. your best player was like fucking mason raymond <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Oh, I can't believe. And Germany almost won it over. <laughs> and Russia, who like had a bunch of former. Yeah, Russia with Datsu. <laughs> Cold Truck finally gets his medal. Yeah, like I guess it's not even Russia. It's like the. No, no, <laughs> Olympic athletes from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> that whole freaking bunch of shenanigans. That, that's a whole other story, right there. Well, to kind of bring it back to kind of this year's World Juniors, who are you really excited to kind of, you know, see? Who are you expecting to really take the bull by the horns this year? I'm expecting Kirby Doc to really just be a man amongst boys. Like, he was so good for the Blackhawks last year. I'm really excited to see him just come into that that tournament and just be like, guys, I'm, I'm better than all of you. I'm in the show. And, uh, and really take over. And then I think the likes of Quinton Byfield, who really had a bit of an underwhelming World Juniors last year, and then goes still goes second overall. I'm really excited to see him take a step and really take a leadership position on that role and not be overshadowed by the likes of Nathan Mc- of a, a, a Nathan McKinnon. Is he coming? Lafreniere <laughs> <laughs> and not be overshadowed by Lafreniere because unfortunately it seems like we're not going to get it. Sorry. And um, yeah, I'm going to say those two are the, the biggest ones that stand up for me. Yeah, Quentin Byfield is such an interesting one because you're so right that he was so underwhelming. And it really, last year's World Juniors really solidified the the whole debate on one and two. It was it became very evident that Lafreniere was number one and Byfield was number two because Lafreniere was elite and Byfield was just kind of there. So maybe he's going to take that step next year and step into Lafreniere's shoes. Maybe Lafreniere is not even on the team. 
to be fair, Lafreniere has like he was older. It's like Quentin Quentin Byfield was like a true eighteen year old, where I think Lafreniere was at almost a nineteen year old when he got drafted because he had a late birthday. This is really the year where Quentin Byfield needs to, you know, show what he's worth in the World Juniors, and you know, really see what uh, got the second overall pick. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the kid can do uh, and the, the skill sets there. Um, he looked a little timid to me though last year. He looked a little afraid of the spotlight. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And you know, maybe maybe with no fans, he doesn't have that pressure. So maybe that works in Quentin Byfield's favor. But then again, if he's looking to be in the NHL, you better get used to the fans sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get used to that pressure at some point. You know who's really like kind of a bit of a dark horse for me on Canada is is, is Jack Quinn. You know, he plays through the Ottawa 67s, and you know the year before his rookie season in the OHL, he's, you know he had uh you know, 32 points in 61 games. So obviously not that super impressive. But then you go into his last last season last year and. 89 points in 62 games, 52 goals. Jordan's 52 goals in 62 games is a is a nutty amount. So I feel like that kid's just a, a pure sniper, and I'm really curious to see what he can do in this kind of shortened season, uh, shortened uh, event, where he's probably going to get lots of easy shots, and you have no fans as a distraction. They're using NHL size ice, right? I do believe so. Yeah, they always do in Canada, right? Uh, North America, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's uh, overseas they use. Olympic pads. Or sometimes you use hybrid. Yeah, the hybrid where it's longer. Yeah, it's longer but not wide. Yeah. Well, international, I got, we've played international. It's, it's huge. It's unnecessarily It's big. so big. <laughs> like, it's like, almost a square. It's so wide. It's, it's, like, it's so intense. Like, you have so much more oh, room on the wing. And the skating you have to do is absurd. It's exhausting. There's, like, 15 <laughs> feet between the top of the circle and the blue line. <laughs> you have way, way too much space. You get in your own head. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it, I don't, I've never had this much space The other thing before. is you don't even realize how hard you have to pass the puck. Like, if you're trying to do a cross cross ice pass you better fucking huck that thing yeah you might as well <laughs> throw shooting a wrist shot after yeah, yeah, if you're doing a wrist shot it'll probably be a perfect pass <laughs> oh my god all right moving on to the next topic of discussion uh we're just going to be going over some of our own past experiences with the world juniors whether it was at the actual game or or just at home or watching with friends wherever it might be so kian what would be your let's give a list of uh your favorite world juniors memories Oof, there's so so many good ones i mean you have i think and number one the one that sticks out to me the most is like the jordan everly goal let's do a top five i can't do a top five off the top of my head let's do a top three top three <laughs> top three i could probably do um so no, okay number one is definitely uh jordan everly against russia with like Four seconds left. Amazing. Like that. That was the the craziest one that sticks out in my mind the most, as far as like where I was, who I was with, and everything. Like it was the whole the whole family was here. We were in the living yeah. room. I know where the couch the, the couch was in a whole different arrangement. It was on the back and like facing the, the the windows. Like it was, uh, and, and we were all like so down on ourselves. But like we the comeback started, and and then we're like it just it, oh, and then Jordan Everly, the captain clutch at the moment. Just like ah, uh, it was. Showing his clutch gene. Yeah, it it, it it took my breath away. And then the it was the fact that it was only in the semifinals too. So then they go on and win win it anyways and kind of almost blew it in the shootout. But yeah, that's gotta be number one for sure. Uh number two would have to be John Tavares scoring the Hattie against the US. 
that was just so legendary. And he had the one where he like bounced the puck to himself and hit it out of the air into the net. And it was just John Tavares being like, guys, I'm the fucking, I'm the real deal. Let's go. And solidified himself as the number one overall pick. And then number three had to be McDavid in Toronto. And just, just showing that he's so much better than everyone. And that he's just, I'm, hey, I'm Connor McDavid. I'm about to be the best player in the world. And uh, welcome to my show. So he uh, and just the goal he scored in the finals game where he just super speed st- stop and start like oh, he's just he's too good he's good at hockey <laughs> way too good all right you know what what are your top three oh that was a solid selection by the way great, <laughs> great moments my favorite all time moment for junior juniors was one I was present for in the actual building I may have been in the bleeders but I was there <laughs> um was in Montreal. It was the 2015 Canada USA. It wasn't even an important game. <laughs> like a, it was round robin, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was round robin, but it was on New Year's Day. And classic New Year's Day. Canada, oh, USA, Canada USA in Canada, and it was in the Bell Center. And it was kind of hilarious because I was a Leaf fan in in the Bell Center cheering <laughs> for the home team. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you know, I I'm pretty sure I wore like a Leafs hat <laughs> and and a Canada jersey, and I had you know I had Habs fans calling out the hat. I was like, hey, today we're cheering for the same team, <laughs> and it was true for the like when you ever like when are you gonna get on along with a Habs fan at any other time? True. The only it, it brings it brings NHL brings fans the, together. Yes, it does. It brings Canadian NHL fans together. Exactly because <laughs> I went with two of my buddies. One's a Habs fan and one's a Sens fan. We were all cheering for the same team. It like, never happens. That never <laughs> happens. That never happens. But it was uh, the the Connor McDavid versus Jack Eichel showdown. Oh man! And being just being able to watch Connor McDavid in person is is just you know a treat. Uh, and the, it was also you know where Max Domi was a huge factor in that tournament. And then the, the Americans, they also had Dylan Larkin. Um, it was an unreal game. Canada won five, three, but I, one specific moment that takes the top was Domi's go ahead goal. And Oh my God, did that place explode? The bell centers got really good acoustics and gets. Super yeah. Loud. Yeah. Like super I was in the loud. nose, but it was crazy loud in there. The atmosphere was spectacular. I mean, I was there for a, a, a Montreal Nashville game <laughs> in like 2008 <laughs> when like the, the, when Paul Korea was playing for Nashville and like even in this, the Nashville Predators in, in town, it was still super, super loud. And we just got a goalie sco chanting in our section. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know, number two, I got to give to the Jordan Everly goal. I, I mean, it's legendary. It is legendary. Like, that's the <laughs> shit. The same thing, like, a year later. <laughs> yeah. Like, that uh, That will be the biggest moment of Jordan Everly's career. <laughs> Unless he goes on to, like, He's not going to win a cup with the Islanders. No. And he'd have to be, like, the guy to score, like, a game seven OT winner. <laughs> Which he probably would be. Let's be real. <laughs> He's got the clutch gene. So, you know. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully not with the Islanders. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that takes number two. Number three, um, I got to give it to the comedic moment of the double Dion. Oh, man. The double Dion. The double Dion. That's still oh. quoted today. Yeah, it's it's just so funny. Like I It's can't a e- double Dion. <laughs> fucking Dion Phaneuf cranking one guy into another guy. Two for one special. Double Dion, the announcer says. 
And fuck, that was just so Ian McGuire, funny. The legendary comment. It's a double Dion. <laughs> Here's Dion. Oh, and it's a double Dion. Love oh, it. Man. Oh, so funny. So memorable. And I, I always appreciate a good hit. And if it's a double hit, fuck yeah. You... It also like solidified Fnuff as a top prospect at that time. That's too, true. Right? Yeah. It's like. He, I mean, people often forget that he was rookie of the year behind Crosby and, and he was a stud on Calgary. Yeah, like he was a nom- he was nominated for rookie of the year behind Crosby and Ovechkin. <laughs> so obviously, you're not beating either of them, but even be mentioned in the same breath as them. Like, and he was really good in his Calgary years and had some mediocre years here in Toronto. So, like, we still got to give credit for what he did at that age. And uh, he was a he was a truck. That's that that tournament. Yeah, and. Um... The World Juniors are just such a, an interesting place. It seems that like anything could happen. Now, I have another World Junior experience. It's not a Canada one, but I, I went to another game in Buffalo, and it was like the Czechs versus... Who's another like nobody Slovakia? team? Yeah, actually, I think it, it might have been... It was Slovakia. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> just a, a bunch of nobodies out there. But I remember a guy did, uh, he got a penalty shot. And I was, I was like, okay, sweet. You never see penalty shots. And Buddy ate shit on the penalty <laughs> shot. That's tough. So, That's tough. So, yeah, I was like, oh, man. There, that might be your career right there. So in your top three, one thing that really stood out for me, it was the... You know, seeing McDavid play in person for the first time. Oh, man. And I haven't seen him play since 2011. You know, that whole experience was kind of insane because Domi had two goals in that game. So the whole crowd was chanting, Domi, Domi. And at the time, he's was an Arizona draft pick. And he's getting traded there anyway. <laughs> that, that was a funny coincidence. But at the time, I was thinking... Geez, I never thought I'd see the day where I'd see the Bell Center chanting Domi. Because <laughs> I'm thinking Ty Domi. <laughs> True. So that was a little weird. And then I just think it's a funny connection that uh, a few years later he gets traded to Montreal. Almost like it was meant to be. He was meant to play in that building. And th- and now he's off to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was saying, though, is that like, I, I have not seen like P. Connor McDavid play in person yet. But... I did. I have seen him play in person, and before that, many people actually knew about him. I used to work as a lifeguard at at Al Paladini Community Center right here in Vaughan, and uh, when I was there, and I think it was, I think it was around twenty ten or eleven, the Ontario Hockey Foundation Finals for AAA, his age group was playing at Al Paladini. So nice. on one of my breaks, I went up into the the videos, uh, viewer section and actually got to watch him actually play uh, one of his one of his games. And even at that age group, when he was pretty sure he was playing a year up, <clears throat> even at that age group, and before he got exceptional status into the OHL, he was just so much better than everyone on the ice. It was nutty. He was playing. I'm pretty sure he was playing with Mitch Marner, <laughs> and was just still so much better than everyone else on the ice at 15 yeah. years old. And you're just like, this kid is another level. From that point forward. There was no one that would ever convince me that there is another prospect over the next 10 years that's going to be better than him. And when people started to have the, oh, maybe uh, Jack Eichel is better than McDavid, I'm like, Jack Eichel is going to be a great NHL player, but he's not in the same conversation as Connor McDavid. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> when I went to this game, that conver- that whole debate was very much a big topic because this is 2015. It's a fucking joke. 
<laughs> yeah, that game kind of confirmed that Connor McDavid is so much better. <laughs> and the crowd started chanting it too. And it was something like, you know, McDavid's better than Eichel. <laughs> like just fucking taunting the guy. And it, it, he fucking was. And he stood out so much. And he, he was wearing a cage because he wasn't 18 yet. Right. All <laughs> right. And so he stood out even more. <laughs> and yeah. Next level. Like, I, I'm. Like, even when he scores, like, he had that ridiculous goals against, against Leafs this year when, like, he just made Riley look like a freaking deer in the headlights. And, like, I hate that it's against the Leafs, but that's such a ridiculous goal. Oh, it's stupid. It's such a ridiculous goal. Like, there's, there's literally... That's no, not... That doesn't look good on, can you, like, on can Morgan Riley. Player, can you name another player in the NHL who could pull that off? Maybe Nathan McKinnon. Maybe. 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 <laughs> if there was anybody who could, it would be him because thing, he's like, got some gross hands. It's not, it's, yeah, but does he have the immediate acceleration that come from? His acceleration is pretty insane. It's true. But going from like basically a standstill, facing sideways, to be going full frontal forward past one of the best, fastest defensemen in the league. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like nobody makes Morgan Riley look like that because he's usually too fast. Yeah, it was, nobody makes Morgan Riley look slow. Yeah, it unless was, it's fucking. He Connor literally looked McDavid. like he was standing still. Yeah. <laughs> Poor it was guy. crazy. Make him look like a, a pylon out there. <laughs> oh, man. I think an honorable mention as far as Bull Jr. experiences has to go to the like another Canada-Russia game. And it was a game where I was actually super pissed off because Canada was playing like garbage. Russia was like 5-1 after like two periods, and we're like, this game is over. And then the third period comes around, they score a second goal, a third goal, and a fourth goal. And you're like, oh, shit, it's a one-goal game with like five minutes left. <laughs> Are they going to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, they got so many... I'm pretty sure they hit a post in the final minute. Like, they got so close. But if that if that game had... They had actually pulled off that comeback, that would be number one. Because that would have been absolutely nutty. To score, yeah. to score five goals in a period to win a game, like, that would That's insane. be nutty. That's insane. <laughs> even like, like, against Russia, of all people, like, that would be, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. that would just be an unreal accomplishment. Man, I... I'm so excited. I'm so excited for just obviously for hockey, but and, boots. and you know, boots will, of course, you know, we'll, we'll bring out Das boot. You need to explain that tradition. We probably do. Yeah. Then we need to provide some context. All right. Go. So every year, the four buds, us and our brothers, we have a, a Christmas tradition of filling a Das boot. You know, one of the big motherfuckers. Full of beers. If you've seen the movie Beer Fest, you can have some sort of visualization. Not yeah. quite that big. It's literally a boot. It's a boot, yeah. Yeah, it's a glass that's a boot. It's big. It holds a lot of beers. Three tallies. Yeah, three tallies. Ooh. And we crush a few of those in a day, and we're probably blackout by dinner. So <laughs> that's uh, that's our Christmas tradition. Going, what, like almost 10 years strong now? Yeah, we, we love it. You know, we only get that hammered on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, like... I never ever get that hammered yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is next level. Yeah, Christmas is next level. So that we'll keep that tradition going, uh, and then we will be able to watch some hockey, and you know, keep the the World Junior tradition going as well for the holidays. Mm. I, I'm just to have hockey on the screen is, and the fact that it's starting on Christmas Day. Is it? I thought it was Boxing Day. No, I, I think they're, I think they're starting on Christmas Day this year. Why? Because. Oh. They want to get it over with sooner, I think, or something like that. Could be wrong. Seems, Possible I'm wrong. It, seems silly. I mean, no. NBA always does Christmas. 2021 World Junior Ice Hockey Championships will begin on Saturday, December 26th, 2020. 
end on Tuesday, January 5th, 2020. Oh, but there is games on the 25th, though. Oh, so they're probably oh, yeah, exhibi- see, exhibition. No, it's not pre-competition. First game is Friday, December 25th, Switzerland versus Slovakia. All right, well, then the internet lied to me. <laughs> I'm literally looking at the TSN broadcast schedule right now. You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 pre- pre-tournament games. And they go all the way to December twenty third, and then the twenty they have the twenty fourth off, and then the actual competition between okay. starts Friday. This might be giving me the pre COVID okay. schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So because it's COVID, and they want to get it over sooner in the bubble because they all the games have to be so much more compressed. They have three games going on at Christmas. You have Slo- uh, Switzerland versus Slovakia, Germany versus Finland, and Russia versus U.S., which is going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. And can but Canada's first game is on the twenty sixth. That might have been what you're looking at. Well, that's all I care about, really. Germany versus Canada. The tournament starts on on Christmas for the first time. Hmm. So that's a, a COVID change. Yeah. Then you have two game two games on New Year's Day, uh, New Year's Eve. Canada Finland is included in that. And then the gold medal game is on Tuesday, January fifth. Man, I'm so excited, and uh, you know it, we can relate a lot to these young players. Uh, to some extent, at least, at least because we've played, we've been young hockey players, and we know, you know, played well, at high levels. Yeah, we've played at high levels. We know, not like super high. Not yeah, not world junior levels, but uh, <laughs> not even junior levels. Not even, <laughs> yeah, not even junior. We're, in the eyes of most hockey players, we're a couple of plugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we've been around. We we weren't. You we've know, done some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we got a ring. <laughs> Speaking of rings. Would you want to tell your, your the story of, of your ring? It's a pretty well. That's pretty a great one. that's a pretty good segue into uh, our next segment, which is you know getting to know about each of our hockey experiences. Um, let our our fans know that uh, you know we did play hockey at a fairly <laughs> fairly competitive level, um, and uh, you know we obviously have some stories from from our times playing hockey. And it'll help you understand where we're coming from with a lot of the opinions that we give. Mm. Um, so if you want to hear the story of my ring, um, it is it is a good one. So it was the 08-09 season. And uh, we were the Duffield Devils A team. And we went on to have a perfect season. Ridiculous. So we went... 36 and 0. We never lost a game. And I mean, hold on. Like, what was the last place team at? <laughs> well, this is the funny thing is the last place team in the league was 0 and 36. <laughs> <laughs> and what was their goal differential again? Oh, man. I have to pull up the archives for this one. <laughs> okay. So, for some perspective, us, we were 36 and 0. We had 223 goals for and only 46 goals against. The Downsview Beavers, on the other hand, they finished last place and were 0-36. They only had 42 goals for and had 302 goals against. And for some perspective, the second last team only had 162 goals against. Uh, I just double. Yeah, I, I don't think they had any business even being in the league because that's a real big drop off. Basically, a select team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, they they had no business being there. Um, so that was the the most successful year of my career, and that was my only year playing a. Uh, we both played in what they now call the G. It was never 
given that cool nickname when when we played there <laughs> we it was just the gthl so play playing there we had that unbelievable season we lost our first game in the playoffs in round two but we only lost one game and then we won a, went on to win the series and we won the city championships and we went to the provincials and we made it to the finals and of course we lose to the hosts who get a buy into the goddamn tournament. So that uh, was a bit of a sour taste on uh, an otherwise perfect season. After that, I went back up to to Double A. Uh, went back to the well, went to the Toronto Eagles, and uh, you know we we were decent. You know we finished fifth place. I mean we're not going undefeated, but you know we were 22, 21, 12, and three. So you know a pretty good season. Made the playoffs. You know. Fucked around a little, <laughs> <laughs> or a lot. Was it? Was that the year I coached you? Um, I thought you coached us with Duffield Double A. You're right, because that did. was the only organization where I had enough pull with management to make that happen. And we and we when we we decided we decided that when we traveled to the U.S. we'd play. Yeah, that that was the funniest story ever. Where were we in Pittsburgh? I think we were in Buffalo, or Detroit. Oh, it might be Detroit. Yeah, I think it was Detroit. And well, I can't remember the situation. I think we had a, a guy not able to show up to the well, no, tournament. You had one guy who got injured early in the year, and so he didn't. There was one spot on the team that was open for the whole year because he was was injured. So and not everybody could make it to the tournament. Exactly. So we were really short, uh, short benched. And who do we sign up? Hey, assistant coach Kean. <laughs> why, why, why don't you suit up? I don't know why the fuck you had your gear with you. We. We had planned it before right. we left because they were like, "Yo, like, can bring your stuff because just in case, just in case, yeah." And then, funny enough, you actually suited up for a game, which is so illegal. <laughs> I scored a goal. <laughs> I assisted your goal, <laughs> and I rocked some games. I was playing defense at the time. <laughs> I remember that play perfectly because you were playing right wing. I was playing. And right... I positioned us off the face. Yeah, <laughs> you were playing right wing. I was right D. The centerman won the face off back to me. I went behind the net. And carried it up a little and passed it up to you at center ice. And you went in, made a move, and scored. Classic. Classic. <laughs> it was so sweet because that was the first competitive hockey game we played together. Because otherwise, we just weren't the same age group. We never would have had the opportunity. So that was super cool. But let's hear about uh, your championship experience. So my championship experience actually starts from the year prior. And I was playing for the Etobicoke Canucks. Double A. And I joined a team that had already been together for a while, so I was kind of the outsider on the team. I I I've been playing for the Penguins the year before, who were terrible. So I was kind of this like this guy who who like, just kind of made the team because I knew the coach. And then I was treated that way by the coaches, the other assistants. So I got benched a ton, and they treated me like crap. And we ended up losing in the first round. So I pulled to Kevin Durant and went to the team that beat us. <laughs> 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 so I went to the Vaughn Rangers double A, um, joined the championship team <laughs> and uh and we ended up going twenty nine thirty three and four and my the team we left ended up finishing second right behind us at twenty five, five and six. Uh we had hundred and eighty one goals for and seventy five goals against. So not as crazy as you guys, but still a pretty dominant season. Uh and we got into the playoffs and you know they uh, we ended up playing the 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 local rival, the Vaughn Panthers, in the first round, that was obviously a bloodbath that we, you know, dumped on them in four games. Um, then we ended up facing the Miss, uh, Mississauga Braves in the second round, dumped on them in four games. We were, then we then ended up facing the Tobacco Canucks 
It's my former team in the West final. And that was an absolute bloodbath because they all knew that was my former team. We also had, there was also the only team we lost to in the regular season. Oof. So we had like, we had beef. It's straight up beef. And oh, those games get violent. <laughs> they just get violent. And it ended up going eight games because we ended up tying one of the early ones. And so we, we, we get into overtime of, the, of game, game eight. Winner take all. And I'm on the ice. And we're killing a penalty. So it's five on four for them. And I'm playing right wing, and I went out and blocked the shot with my nuts. Oh, like puck right off the jock, like right square yeah, in the that, middle. That still hurts. <laughs> still hurts a fuck ton, and it got me good. Down sauce and David Citron, who is arguably the most talented hockey player I ever played with, going gets the rebound off my dick, goes down, dangles the goalie, and scores the West Championship final win against my former team. So I got an apple to win it in overtime against my former team. It was just. It's just so good. I mean, it went on to you know face the the Toronto Toronto Penguins in the the city championships and stomped on them in four games, and uh, then ended up losing to the host team in the OHS, just like you. So yeah, that's my that's my championship adventure. And because I was a hybrid player the whole season, playing defense and forward as they they needed me, um, my ring actually has D and F that represent both positions. Down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck the typical Canucks. They used to have this freaking uh, saying, and they basically would just like they turned the spelling of Etobicoke into a chant. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they forced us to say it every single time we were going out to the ice. Like it's still it's like ingrained in my mind. It's engraved say. in my mind just from going to your games. C O B I C O K E Canucks. It's like fuck you guys. It's such a shithole of a rink. <laughs> oh too. man, Pine Point, oh, the yeah. freaking tiny little rink on the on the side of the four hundred one has the short, the, the smallest distance between boards, and you just get absolutely trapped and r- run into the boards in that rink. Oh, Isn't man. it like in like some dingy? It's basically little, in a suburb. It's like some dingy area of Rexdale. Yeah, it's in a suburb right off of the four hundred one near like Seneca in that area. Yeah, not a not a great place. Um, but <laughs> you know we. we we had some crazy experiences growing up playing hockey. And I, had a, I, had a, I had a coach and a, a parent get into a fight. Oh, game, man. And the ref had to get off the ice to go break it up. <laughs> Dude, after we won our King Clancy tournament, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, we were playing in Rico Coliseum, actually, the home of the Marlies, which was sweet. I actually got injured in that game because I got clapped with a slap yeah, shot. You fucking broke your arm. I thought I broke my arm. I got hit in the arm with a slap shot. Like point blank, and I just couldn't even move my arm, so that was it for me. And uh, after the game, my coach, I, I just hear him yelling in the hallway, and we're talking about the hallways of Rico Coliseum, so for pretty fucking big hallways. <laughs> and they echo, and that sound travels, so I just hear, like, oh, fuck you, fuck, like, motherfucker. <laughs> and it sounds like a scrap's going on. And then I just see my coach coming in with the two assistants next to him, like with him huddled over and he's like screaming in pain. (laughs) And I see him hold up his finger and his finger is fucking sideways (laughs) with his wedding ring on there. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck just happened out there? He's scrapping the other coach. (laughs) (laughs) He pulled the John Tortorella. (laughs) Seriously. And I've had other ones where, like, we've had parents throw garbage cans onto the ice. I remember that. 
Oh my god! No, still, the best parent interaction you've ever had was when you destroyed that kid in front of his mom. Yeah, you know, we won't name any names here, but <laughs> it was my former team, so I had known this this team very well, and let me tell you, not a fan. <laughs> and literally, I didn't like this kid to the start, so before the game, I literally went up to Dar and was like, can you just, like, can you hit this kid really hard, please? Like, just, just for me. And like, I'm pretty sure you guys were losing the game, and... And it wasn't going well, but then you just managed to to line him up in the perfect spot. He was, rank. <laughs> he was in the corner and, and standing like right at the hash marks. Not not that far over. He was like right at the corner, but more so at the bottom of the circle. So he's far enough away from the boards. And I just put my shoulder into him and sent him flying, literally like in the air from. He went like five feet. <laughs> yeah, he, he like he went like five feet and collapsed. Like he was not okay. And it was a clean hit. Like he had the puck, and buddy had his head down and got rocked. His mom freaked. Well, that's because his mom was on the other side of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> from where I hit him, so she just sees her son flying at him in the air. It was, yeah, she yeah, was. Me, me and Dad were at the at the end, and we watched it from a different angle, and just saw both the hit perfectly from the from the horizontal standpoint, but also her face perfectly at the same <laughs> time. It was just, oh my god, hysterical, hysterical. Okay, he was not seriously injured, for the record. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine. He, was just a bit of a baby. he just That's got he, he just got fucking him. rocked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in front of his mom, and it probably ruined his day and maybe his whole whole, whole self esteem. You know? <laughs> must have hurt a lot more because it was yeah, you're against your former team too. Oh, that was just so sweet, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I scored a goal that t- game too. Is that one a of your slapper. Bobby goals that game? No, not that game. That that was a different part of the season. True. Same season though. Uh yeah, I think so. Where I had back to back Bobby Orr goals on defense. You should know that was uh that was a different team. What would be your That was a different team because I, I, I did the Bobby Orr goals. I thought I did the Bobby Orr goals with the Eagles. Your career, I don't fucking I just spectated a lot of them because we played on the same team. Well, it's super confusing because one was at Lambton and one was at York and <laughs> one's the home of the Devils yeah, you, and one's the home of the Eagles. But you did the uh you did the Bobby Orr goal more than one time. I know. I did it back-to-back games. I'm pretty sure they were at York. I'm like... Well, I know there. one was at Lambton and one was at York. So the first one was at York, and it was definitely when no. we were playing for the Devils, because right after one of my games. Okay. First one was at Lambton. We must have been playing the Eagles then. Yeah. And then the next one was at York, because you only saw one of them. Yes. That is true. But they, they happened the exact same way. I curled from behind our net and deked around their whole team and went in and scored, like... Like, way too easily. <laughs> and I'm like, this is double-A hockey. This is supposed to be hard. Would you say that's your, that you're the nicest goal of your career? Um, maybe. No. No, it was definitely impressive, but it wasn't, like, flashy or anything. It was more so, like, simple, a multitude of simple moves to get around their whole team rather than I've done, like, way crazier moves to get around, like, one guy. Actually, one of my nicest goals is probably the dangles. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. some really gorgeous goals. And in the what dangles. was even better is it was against that psycho goalie. Oh, that freaking! All right, yeah, that yeah. I, I don't know if you remember. We it was just last year. I, I was coming across the blue line. I undressed the defenseman with a toey, and then just made a, a quick triple deke. And the goalie was freaking out. And I just did a little <laughs> backhand in after you know dancing him. And this goalie is just the 
craziest motherfucker ever. <laughs> he is such a hothead. Like well, he got more penalties than the players. <laughs> we've had some. Well, I mean, I've been on the dangles for ten years almost, and I've had some crazy situations play out in my time there. Even before you joined, like just yeah. for some context, the dangles is our beer league team. Yeah, like I literally had one of our players throw a water ball at the ref and get banned for life. And Rory planned a, a, a game for our team. That and, I was and, there for. And that knock was, out a player with one punch. That was one of my game. favorite Dangles moments ever. <laughs> and I wasn't even playing. I know Rory was playing. And I, some guy hacked him. And the ref didn't do anything about it. And, and Rory went up to the ref. And he was like, why aren't you going to call anything? He two-handed me. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't see it. And Rory was like, okay, fine. So he skates back to the bench and then skates oh, no, no, over to the player. So he first he went. So because he wasn't going to call, and he first went and cross checked the dude. and was getting called for cross checking. So uh, he got extra incentivized. He's like, "You're going to give me a penalty now after not calling on him." And he was like leaving oh, for Quebec the next day. Yeah, so that's he like he lived. In, he lived in Quebec City, and he is like, you know, this isn't even my league. I don't really give a fuck. So he, what does he do? He skates over to the guy before he goes to the box. And the guy's on the, like the other side of the ice, <laughs> so he skates <laughs> over him just casually, the super cash, <laughs> just casually skates over and just fucking drops him like a one punch to the face, head over heels, like knocked him clean off his feet. See you later. Oh my god, did he get wrecked? That, and then he's uh, yeah, well, well, you're banned for life. Whoopty fucking new. I don't even live in this province. <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't even banned for life. He was like suspended for yeah, like two yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, it was just a couple game suspension. So apparently, if you ever want to punch somebody in the face, <laughs> just get in hockey. Yeah, just, get, <laughs> just get in the hockey, and you know, it's just a slap on the wrist. Really, <laughs> it was really funny. Is like one of the nicest goals I've scored was actually playing for the York University intramurals team. That's funny for Winters College at York for anyone who went to York, but. I literally was going down the left wing and was was like leaning up on a defenseman and I didn't really have that much of a path to the net. So I kind of started reversing and like pushing my, my butt into him. And as being a right-handed guy, I kept the puck on my backhand and I wanted to keep pushing into the top of the circle so I could at least get an angle at the net. And so the goalie thought I was going to pull it into the middle and try and shoot on my, my forehand. But instead I did a backhand and it went short side top of the net and they rolled across the top mesh of the net and and rolled down the post and into the net. Jeez, that's just <laughs> It was one of the most ridiculous shots I've that... done on my backhand too. I like couldn't believe it worked. And then I get back to the get back to the circle after the face off and they my the guy I'm lining up is like, dude, that was a disgusting goal. <laughs> I was like, you know if the other team is telling you, it's probably ridiculous. And yeah, I can't that's probably the number one for Nice. <laughs> nice, love that. You're gonna close oh. it out with buds or dads? Well, yeah, but I was just going to throw in one more point in, in the G because you had mentioned the most talented player that you've played with. Well, I mean, we all know yours. Yeah, but I never <laughs> went into it. True. <laughs> so the best player I played with, he played with me in Double A Duffield, and uh, that would be Andreas Athanasu, um, current free agent. Sure, yeah, he isn't. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't signed anywhere yet. He he was in Edmonton and then in, in Detroit before that. And you could tell that this guy had had some serious talent. Like in double A he he walked around players like it was nothing. Like every game he was But that's the thing, he always had that speed. His speed was always elite, so he would be just way faster than everybody else. 
Like he was, he was only coming to every game, and he would score almost every game. Yeah, and he would do the same play. It was like he didn't score in a variety of ways. It was like, give no. me the puck at the blue line. I'm gonna skate around their whole team and score. <laughs> and that was the whole offense for your team. Funny enough, <laughs> he actually managed to transition that to the NHL because now he's one of the fastest players in the league. <laughs> Yeah, and, speed has been his game forever. Oh yeah, speed has always been his game, and and clearly it was. That was a, when I was like helping your team with practices. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and yeah, us, us and Andreas, we were we go way back, <laughs> but uh, you know, all, all the best to him. I hope he he signs somewhere soon, and hope he gets paid because you know he, he's uh, a really good talent, and he's gonna help a team win. I mean, he's got undeniable talent, and I'm actually a little surprised that he's still a free agent. Yeah, it's. You know, the, that, the other thing is there's so many free agents because of the money's just not there. Yeah, you know? I also think, like, once there is a actual, I guess, schedule decided on, you'll see a lot of the free agents that are out there actually sign contracts because I feel like they need to know. Some people are literally purposely waiting because they don't know the structure of the year. So they don't know. Like, you got to think about the people who have families. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't want to make a decision on having to move your family in the middle of a pandemic if you don't even know what the structure of your team is going to be. You don't know whether how much you're going to travel, how much you're going to have to be in a bubble or whatever it's going to be. So, like, there's like I've heard rumors they're going to try and it's going to end up being like baseball where they're going to do like mini series instead. Of, yeah, I heard about that. So, it'll it's be... like, I love that. That'd be great. I wish they did that normally. Um, but so, so, like, you're going to think that if, if you're going to be away from your family for two weeks at a time. May may or may not have to move move them from their city, so yeah, I think that's going to make a be a big difference. And that's probably why because there's some pretty like Matt Hoffman's also still a free agent too, right? Right, Crazy <laughs> like, talk. insane. All right, so uh, we'll close things out here with our buds or duds, and we're going to be doing a, a different buds or duds today because it's you know the World Junior Edition. Also, there's no Leafs to talk about. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's not really any Leafs to talk about. We've so. Uh, we're going to be doing buds or duds of past World Team Canada World Junior teams. So who would be like your bud of a team like that year? It has, and and who it's them like when they were playing in the World Juniors. Yeah. Not necessarily how their career panned out. No, no. Like that, that Team Canada team at that time yeah. and their performance in the tournament. So, Kian, if you want to start us off. Team bud would definitely be... Mike David winning in Toronto because it was just full circle. He's from Ontario. It was a great season. Love to see... You know, Team Canada in Toronto, anyways, and it just that's yeah, local bias. Yeah, Team Canada winning in Toronto for sure. Or as a dud, when they broke the the team that broke the streak, we had a we had like seven years in a row of winning the gold. I think it was twenty sixteen. I think so, and that team was just such a disappointment. The team that broke the streak is uh, the one that really gets me. Twenty sixteen in Canada. I think so. I'm pretty sure that because that was the year after McDavid. Might be even earlier than that though. Because we feel like we won from like 2003, to like 2010. It might have been the 2010 team. Maybe. Well, if you figure it out. In the meantime, I'll start my buds or duds. Yep. Uh, so my buds, my bud team will be last year's World Junior team. Um, and, and I think it's because the it was 2010. Okay, it's so 2010. They lost to the states. So it happened finals. to be the exact same answer for your bud, your, your dad, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, my bud will be last year's uh, buds or dud or fuck <laughs> <laughs> last year's Team Canada, um, the twenty twenty Team Canada, um, mainly because they went through a lot of adversity. You know, losing Lafreniere to injury, and then uh, on top of that, 
You had Barrett Hayton. He was the captain, right? Hmm? He had some serious discipline problems. And, and he took some really bad penalties. But he, you know, he looked in the mirror. He also got injured. He also got injured. So you lose the two of your best players, but they both come back and they both have stellar performances. And as much as Barrett Hayton lacked discipline in that tournament, he still, you know, managed to make up for it. And so because of all that adversity that they face, where there was never a guarantee that they were going to win this tournament. True. And, and they were, they were actually thought to be down and out because the, when Lafreniere went down. So I, I think because of that adversity, it, it makes for a great story and a great championship. So that's my bud. Good choice. My dud is the 2017 team. And a lot of it, I believe, has to do with the coach. Oh, my God. He was the worst coach (laughs) of all time when it comes to Canada and the World Juniors. And I I just... What What made him a bad coach? It was... A multitude of things. One was the utilization of players. For for context, is a team that had Dylan Dubé, had Mar- Matthew Barzal, Tyson Yost, Pierre Luc Dubois, Dylan Strom. Uh, any other NHL here's on here? Jake Bean, Thomas Jabot, uh, Dante Fabro, and, and then had, had Carter Hart as a goalie. <laughs> so you have a, a, <laughs> a great team, team <laughs> a great team in front of you. But why didn't they win? Because they were horribly coached, horribly. Like, I could have done better behind the bench. Like, he just didn't know how to use any of his pieces. He'd keep fucking things around, and there were certain times where he wouldn't pull a goalie in time, or would pull a goalie too early, or not would call a timeout, not call a timeout or not put the wrong player out on the power play. Like, it's just... He almost had Babcock syndrome, refused to try new things. But without the success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Babcock without the success. So you don't even have the justification that Babcock had. It's sure. like, I tried this and it works. What can this coach say? I tried <laughs> this and it never worked and... That's it. <laughs> like, that's it. Well, that's why he's not an NHL coach. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he got fired after this year. True. Because that, it was pathetic. It was pathetic to watch that team go out there and, and they just looked lost. They looked lost because they had no direction from their coach. And they, it's not not for lack of talent. You just heard the names that Keenan just listed off. They were a stacked team, but they never did anything. They didn't win. It was a pathetic attempt at the World Juniors, and I was ashamed, ashamed of that team because we're Canada. We're supposed to be the juggernauts, and that was embarrassing. That was fucking embarrassing. What was more embarrassing, that team or the Maple Leafs in Game 5? That team. The Maple Leafs in Game 5 was pretty my expectations for the Leafs are t- very minimal. <laughs> <laughs> My expectation for Team Canada is <laughs> win, or bust. win or bust. I'm pretty sure they didn't even medal. No, they didn't. They yeah. They fifth, I think. What the fuck? So you go from a perennial gold winner to not even making it to the medal rounds? Go fuck yourself, bud. You have no business being near Team Canada anything again in your career. Oh. And that's the thing. I'm, bl- I'm not blaming a single one of the players. <laughs> That is all on the coach because it was coaching decisions that lost them games. I mean, you can tell the players are good. They're in the NHL. Oh, you know? exactly. Most of them. Like, that's a solid team. You had some fantastic plays there. And just horribly, horribly utilized. And he looked lost. Well, 
I, I really hope that, you know, this episode gave you guys some insight into, you know, who we are, you know, Ian and Dara just having a good time in the GTHL and we the, G. And the G and we, you know, we grew up playing hockey and, you know, you love the world juniors. You love hockey in general, obviously leaves over everything. Just uh, for the record, that coach's name was Dominique Ducharme. And he'll never be in the NHL ever. I want to thank you guys for listening to this point and I look forward to seeing you next week. Never ever forget. Go Leafs. Go. <laughs>